Hello and welcome to another episode of Snippets. In this episode, we have Dr. Jay Chandran, Deputy Director, Anesthesia Department in Shankar Nitrale, Chennai. He is going to talk to us about ophthalmic anesthesia. Dear friends, anesthesia for cataract surgery varies from peribulbar blocks to subtenance block to topical anesthesia. For a successful, uneventful surgical outcome, choosing the correct mode of anesthesia is very important. Each of this technique has its own advantages and disadvantages. In this Essence Snippets episode, I will be talking about how to choose an appropriate mode of anesthesia for your patients and also how to do a pre-operative systemic evaluation and preparation of patients posted for cataract surgery. Peribulbar or needle blocks are generally preferred if the patient is willing for a needle prick and if the surgeon anticipates prolonged surgical duration, say due to dense hard cataract, non-dilated pupil, unstable lens or any retina surgical intervention is anticipated. In India, subtenance or cannula block is gradually gaining its popularity now. This is because ophthalmic and systemic complications are comparatively lesser when compared to peribulbar block. There are mainly three reasons for it. One, it is a semi-blind procedure whereas needle blocks are totally blind procedure. And the volume of local anesthetics injected is lesser. The third reason is that the local anesthetics in subtenance block is injected into the subtenance space mainly in the plane anterior to the equator of the globe itself not going into the posterior pole of the globe. The main disadvantages encountered in the subtenance block technique is that it requires a small incision or a nick in the conjunctiva along with the tenons layer. But of late, newer cannulas have been developed in the market in which no incision or no scissors are required to do it. With regard to topical anesthesia, preoperatively, choosing of patients is very important. Patients have to cooperate and understand your instructions clearly, by which I mean there should not be any language barrier or hard of hearing in your patients. Also, remember in topical anesthesia, there is surface anesthesia of the conjunctiva alone. So, in case of any non-dilated pupil and if iris needs to be manipulated, then 1% lidocaine preservative free has to be injected intracamerally. Having chosen appropriate anesthesia for your patients, next begins the systemic preoperative evaluation and instructions need to be given for them. Detailed history and a thorough physical examination should be carried out for all patients. Certain basic investigations such as blood sugar and ECG in patients aged above 40 years can be carried out as a routine and clinical judgment should determine the need for more extensive investigations. A specific enquiry about bleeding disorder or the use of any anticoagulant medication is mandatory. Starvation policies vary considerably and in many units a normal diet is maintained throughout the surgical period. At our institution, two-hour starvation period is followed before which patients are advised to take a light solids. Antihypertensive and cardiac medications, especially anti-anginal, should be continued up to and including the day of surgery. Surgery should be deferred in patients with severe hypertension, say blood pressure more than 180 bar 110 millimeters of mercury. This condition may potentially increase the risk of systemic complications like myocardial infarct, arrhythmias, 
cardiac failure, intracranial hemorrhage, and ophthalmic complications like orbital hemorrhage and supracoroidal expulsive hemorrhages can occur. Diabetic patients are advised to continue their usual medications and diet. Blood sugar must be checked on arrival and also in the perioperative period to avoid hypoglycemia. At present, there is no universal consensus on the blood sugar level above which surgery should be postponed. Anticoagulants can also be continued for ambulatory cataract surgery. However, for those surgeries with higher risk of bleeding, current evidence is not sufficient to make recommendations regarding continuing or stopping these antiplatelets and anticoagulant drugs. Decision should be individualized to the particular patient after weighing the benefits and risks based on multidisciplinary inputs. In the next Essence Snippets episode of Ophthalmic Anesthesia, I will talk about monitoring intraoperative and postoperative considerations and anesthetic implications in various ophthalmology subspecialities. Until then, take care and have a safe practice. Thank you for a wonderful talk, sir, and thank you for our listeners for tuning in. Please tune in next week for another episode.